Hello and welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast. Coming to you from the Tabernacle of Praise Church International, headquartered in York, South Carolina, where our founder and overseer is Bishop Alfred Jackson. Copies of the message from this broadcast can be purchased at our headquarters in Monrovia at the Hope of Praise Church in Numatadi Estates, where Jackson G. Weah is pastor. We would love to hear from you, so write to us here in America at 229 Wood Street, York, South Carolina, 29745 or email us at tabernacleofpraise at msn.com. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful day. Even though the man is supposed to be the strong one, a lot of times we're strong physically, but spiritually we're not the stronger one. Some men, not all men, okay? I'm not, I'm not blanking in this thing and saying all men are like this. So there are things that we have to think about. So now, if you're married, you sure can't go to the divorce court right now. You better not go tomorrow. <laughs> Ooh. So now, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Well, you know, in marriage, marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is 100% on both parts all the time. All right? You know, marriage is not just, okay, you do the, you do the dishes and I'll do the laundry. It don't work out that way all the time. Sometimes you got to do the dishes and the laundry. or your house is going to be dirty. Sometimes you got to do the dishes and the laundry and make the beds and vacuum the floor and shampoo the carpet. But then there are times it's the shoe is on the other foot. So marriage is 100% all the time. So you give, you give, you support, you encourage, you love. But there are some things that this scripture speaks to that will make a difference in a man's life. Many of y'all listening, Psalm 63, in the midst of, 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 of the warfare that David was going through, Psalm 62, uh, the first thing you notice in this psalm is David says, my soul finds rest in God alone. My soul finds rest in God alone. Now, the word soul there is not just dealing with the spiritual aspect. In, in the Old Testament, the word nephesh deals with life, the life principle. So he said, my life, really, my life finds rest in God alone. What do people look for rest in? What do men look for rest in? Especially, we look for rest in our jobs, our careers, the things mo- a lot of men look for, look for comfort in maybe their, their wife or, or, or their children or, or the things that yeah, men are thing-oriented. That's why it's, it's easier to get men together for a bike show than for a prayer meeting. We'll go on a fishing trip 
before we come to a prayer meeting. You know, we're thing-oriented. And so that means that a lot of men are finding peace. They're finding what they think is peace or what they're calling, what they're calling peace are comfort in things. In things. Think about this. But the scripture says, my life, my soul finds rest in God alone. So if you're married today, you need to be praying and helping your husband. And if you're thinking about getting married, helping your husband in a relationship with God. So that, and if you're not married, listen to me good. Y'all think I'm, y'all think I'm crazy? Don't think I'm crazy. I got good sense. I got good sense. If you're not married, and the person you're dating is not finding peace with God right now and rest with God right now, you're about to get yourself in trouble if you're thinking about getting married to that person. I don't care what kind of promises they make. I don't care if they go to church with you right now because they want to get you so they'll go to church with you, but there's no commitment to Jesus. Y'all dating and y'all don't ever pick up the Bible? Don't ever pray? Don't ever talk about the Lord? He's not involved in ministry? And you are? And you thinking about getting married? Baby, you better put your running shoes on. Because you are asking for trouble. Because that person is not finding rest in God. Peace in God. Oh, yeah, he may be happy when you're together. Y'all may be having a glorious time, you know, going to the park. And, and, and if you're not careful, he'll take you out of church on Sunday and take you to the beach. You'll be missing church. You'll be missing worship. Something that you've been brought up on, something that you've been brought up in. So you can go follow this person who has no love for God and does not have God as a priority in his life. David said, I find rest in the midst of what I'm going through. Men, yeah, we're going to go through a lot. We're going to feel the pressures of this life. We're going to be passed over for promotion. We're going to be mistreated. There are still inequalities in this society. But if you find rest in God alone, if you can find rest in God, then you can make it through society. You got to have that relationship. You've got to have that relationship because life is not fair. Got to understand that. Young men, you got to understand this thing. You know, this is, you know, this is, this is, and I realize, you know, when you get older, your perspective changes some, you know. You, but now, I've always thought about going to heaven. I don't know about y'all. I want to go to heaven when I die. So I didn't wait till I was 60 to start thinking about going to heaven, you know. 
But sometimes your perspective changes. Sometimes you feel like, well, you know, older people don't understand. Not that we don't understand. It's that we see things. We look back and we look at our own lives and we see the mistakes we've made. We see the things we could have done differently. You know, we see. And so when we talk to you, and, and, and the Lord took me, and I, maybe you feel like I'm rambling, I'm getting somewhere. But as I was meditating on this, the Lord took me to, to the book of Proverbs, and, 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 and Solomon says, my son, hear the instructions of a father, of your father. Hear, hear the instructions, hear the teaching. Don't just sit and let the words pass through your mind and you, you've made up your mind that you're going to do what you want to do regardless of the instructions. Here. Here. There's a scripture that I was challenged by this and so I had to go look it up. So I realized that I can't find it together anywhere. But there are two places in Scripture, in First John, where uh, John says, I call you fathers, I, I speak to you fathers because you know the way. I, I used to say, God calls the young because they're strong and the old because they know the way. So one of them is in First John, the other one is in, in Job. It's a true life principle. There are things I know because I'm old that you don't know. And I'm not just because I'm old, but because I've walked with the Lord. I didn't start walking with the Lord when I was 50. I didn't. I didn't start walking with the Lord when I was 50. I started walking with the Lord when I was 10. I didn't understand everything, but I started walking with the Lord. I was teaching Sunday school when I was a teenager. So that means I was in the Word. I didn't understand everything, but I had a walk with the Lord. And I've had a walk with the Lord for, if I started at 10, 52 years. Thank God for strength. I need some young men to come along beside me and help me. But there's some things I know that these young men don't know. Ooh, let me just come home. Let me, let me bring this home. Let me, let me touch on a touchy issue, okay? Don't get mad at me, but I'm just going to say what I, what I thought about early. All right? Y'all, you, you know me well enough to know, and this isn't getting mad at me. Because I'll cook you some macaroni and cheese, and you'll be all right. But there, there are some, you know, when you make changes in ministry, okay? And folk don't particularly like the changes, so you make changes in ministry. And folks, and, and sometimes the changes you make, they don't go where you really want them to go, and so there's some problems and folk get mad. But when you got a young person and you got some older people, then older people know the way. And older people ought to know how to deal with the young people in a loving way. I ain't talking about nobody in particular. I'm just talking what I'm talking about. Because you want the young people, they might be rough around the edges. You know, 
They, they might want to just take it and, you know, take the bull by the horn and, 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 and just flip it over. And you got enough wisdom to know that, hey, you take that bull by the horn, you might get hooked. So you, you got enough wisdom to know that, you know, I'm just not going to get mad and, and quit. But I'm going to pray. And I'm going to seek God. And I'm going to find ways to help smooth some of the rough, rough edges off. Because this young person needs to become old. Okay? So that he don't have those rough edges anymore. So sometimes with some of our young people, they're ready to go. Ready to go. Sometimes I butt head with Junior. Because some things he said, well, I, told, I asked you to do that a long time ago and you didn't do it. Yeah, but I'm a bit older than you. <laughs> and I might see things from a different perspective than you see them. And I might see the whole congregation when you only see one thing. So what am I going to do? Am I going to get mad at him and not have anything to do with it? No. Because I'm old. He's young. And God can use all of us. He can use all of us. I don't know how I got there, but I had to say it because it was on my mind this morning. But it comes in a relationship with the Lord. Listen to me, y'all. Wives, the best thing you can do is to make sure that you're a sanctified wife and that you love the Lord and that you're praying for your husband. That's the best thing you can do. Because even if you got an unbelieving husband, the Bible says the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the believing wife. Sometimes I wonder, do we really believe the word? Because if we believe the word, if we really believe the word and we stood on the word, which is the sword of the spirit, that would give the Holy Spirit opportunity to work in the situation. But if we don't believe the word, then we don't give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to work because we're fighting. We're fighting. Fighting in our houses and we're bickering and we're fussing and we don't like one another and we're thinking about going to divorce court. What the Holy Ghost had in the midst of that? When you should be coming together and praying and encouraging one another. Don't feel like I'm talking, I ain't talking about nobody in particular, y'all. I just got to talk this morning. That's what the Holy Ghost gave me. So you want your husband. <laughs> Amen. I really am just talking. So you want your husband to find rest in the Lord. And so, so, so do you pay attention to your husband long enough to know whether he has found rest in the Lord? Are you paying attention to that guy you're dating long enough to know that whether he's finding rest in the Lord? Men, are you paying attention to yourself enough to find rest in the Lord? Uh, let me go on. I didn't mean to talk this long. I was going to talk five minutes and let y'all go. I said, this is going to be the shortest service they ever had at Tabernacle of Praise. So let me go on. Listen, listen. 
Listen to what David says in 63 verse 8. And all of this is in the midst of warfare. All of this is in the midst of what he's going through. Again, man, we, we go through stuff. In the midst of what we're going through, verse, verse 8 says, my soul clings, my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. What does a, what does a father need? He not only needs to find rest in the Lord, but he needs to cling to the Lord. Amen. If you want to be victorious in whatever you're going through, and listen, the bottom line is you got to want to be victorious. You got to want your marriage to be what God wants your marriage to be. You got to want your life to be what God wants your life to be. All right? All right? You got to want situations in, 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 with your children to be what God wants them to be. So what do you need to do? You need to cling to the Lord. What's the opposite of clinging to the Lord? When trouble comes, you go the other way. When trouble comes, you try to find an outlet rather than clinging to the Lord. Clinging to the Lord. Come here, Trevor. Clinging to the Lord means that, 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 that I'm... I'm, I'm I'm holding on to God, wherever God goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. I mean, he may have to pull me, but I'm gone. <laughs> well, well, you know, because you see, the thing about, about God is that I'm not too heavy for God. Are you hearing me? I'm not too heavy for God, but, but I've got to make up my mind that I'm going to cling to him. It may not be easy. It may, I may not understand everything God is doing. I may not even want to go in the way God is going, but I've got to cling to him. Ooh. How many people in this world don't cling to God in trouble sometimes? I'm not just talking about folk who uh, go to the soothsayers and the root doctors, and maybe some of y'all don't do that. But some of y'all need to stop playing the numbers and pay your tithes. You want to increase? The Bible says, bring the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse. And prove me now here with said the Lord. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. Yeah, we're, looking for, we're looking for breakthroughs other ways than in God. We're not willing to wait on God. We're looking for quick fixes. So when things go wrong, sometimes we don't cling to God. We look for other things. We look for other ways. Men, we need to cling to God. We need to cling to God. It means I need to be in the Word daily. I need to be in prayer daily. I need to be fasting. I need to be seeking God. I need to be in the fellowship of believers. I don't go to church because I'm religious. I go to church because I love the Lord. Now, if I go on vacation and, and, and we work through this thing and my wife decided she want to rest on Sunday morning and I said I want to go to church, I'm not going to condemn her. She eventually going to get up and go to church with me, but I'm going to church. Right. 
Because there is a need for me to be in the fellowship of believers. You know, and I learned that, if, if, you know, sometimes you go to the church and you, and you say, Lord, we went to a church one time and the man asked me to preach. And I said, oh, no, that's okay. And when he finished, I said, Lord, why didn't I accept? But you learn to glean something out of every situation and every circumstance. Because, you know, in my mind, the fellowship of believers is important. I get something when I come into the house of the Lord. I get something from the ministry of song. I get something when I'm teaching, but not just for what I'm pouring out, but when somebody else has something to add in. My soul is being benefited. As a part of me clinging to the Lord. So now, for a long time, I've been at the, at the point of what the disciples said to Jesus. When he said, will you two leave? I said, Lord, where am I going? You have the words of life. There's nowhere for me to go. I'm not going back out into the world. Oh, no. Uh-uh. No. Last thing, and I'm going to let you all go. I hope this helps somebody. I hope this helps somebody. I know I shared a lot with you. Psalm 64. First point was, say that again. Find rest in the Lord. Your life, your life. Rest in the Lord. Second point was, cling to the Lord which automatically leads you to the third point because if you found rest in the Lord and you're clinging to the Lord in the midst of trouble and and, in each one of these Psalms, again, it talks about trouble. It talks about warfare. It's speaking about life. David says that he finds refuge in the Lord. What is a refuge? It's a shelter. It's a hiding place. It's a place of protection. So if I'm clinging to God, he becomes my protection. He fights my battles for me. He makes ways for me. He shelters me from my enemies. Are you hearing me? So he's not telling me that the enemy will not attack me. But he says, I'll protect you from your enemy. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that arises against you in both of those situations, the weapon formed, the tongues rose. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Why? Because this is your heritage. You are under my protection. You have found rest in me. You have been clinging to me. Now I got a responsibility to you. I got a responsibility to you. I'm going to shelter you. I'm going to cover you under my wings. When the enemy come, they won't be able to see you because glory to God, you're under my wings. Hallelujah. Amen. You're going to find peace. You're going to have protection because you're under my protection, my covering. I've got you covered. 
find refuge. Find refuge. Sometimes people look at you and wonder, how did you make it through that? It was God who protected me. God who kept me. God who preserved me. God. He didn't say sickness was not going to come. Sickness will come. Sickness will come. The doctor will tell you you have an incurable disease. But he said, I'll be with you. I will protect you. Didn't even say you weren't going to die. Some people are going to die. Some people are going to leave here because it's appointed and the man wants to die. That's a part of the process. But he said, I'll be with you. I'm going to take you through. I'm going to keep you. I've gone to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. You're under his protection. Some of you all saw what I posted on Facebook the other day, and it's so true. Stay close to God in good times. So that when bad time comes, he won't seem so far away. The problem with a lot of Christians is we're Christian, but we're out there. We're doing this. We're doing that. We're doing the other. And we're not, we're not, we're, we're not finding rest in God. We're not clinging to God. So therefore, we don't see God as our refuge. And then when trouble comes, we're trying to run and find God. And it seems like he's hard to find. And we go here and we go there. And it seems like God is hard to find. Not that God went anywhere, but we didn't stay close to him like we should have. He wants to be your refuge. Take refuge. If you you find, if your life is resting in God, and you're clinging to him, he'll be your refuge. When trouble comes, you're already under the shelter. He's a very present help. The Bible didn't say he's coming. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about this morning? He's right here. Oh, saying this, he's not a Johnny come lately. He's already here. He's your refuge, your strength, your very present help in the time of trouble. So, what fathers need, what all of us need, we don't need a new car, we don't need a new house. Well, we don't need a new job right now. Maybe you need a job, but you know, right now what you need, the most important thing in life, you need for your soul to find rest in God. You need to cling to God, and you need to allow God to be your refuge. I guarantee you if God is number one in your life, he will make the way for you that needs to be made. If God is number one in your life, if your soul is at peace, if your life is at peace in God, there's no battle. You're not wrestling with God. You're not saying, why God this? Why God that? 
You're at peace with God. God trying to lead you one way, you're trying to go the other. If you're at peace with God and you're clinging to him and he's your refuge, you're going to come out on top. He's going to see you through. Victory belongs to you. See, this thing doesn't work just because you decide, okay, well, I'm going through this, and now I'm going to pray. Sometimes the Lord has to teach you some things when you get to now I'm going to pray. Sometimes the Lord will let you go through when you get to now I'm going to pray, because now I'm going to pray might mean now I'm going to pray until I get through this, and when I get through this, then I'm going to go back to my old ways. And the Lord doesn't look at the outward appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. Shared with a young man the other day, and I said to him about a situation, I said, now, what you're doing now, you don't need to do it so that God can work the situation out for you. You need to do it for the rest of your life. So what I mean is, if God, and I'm not promising you God's going to work this out, because he may not work it out. But if he works it out, then you got to stay with God. And you have to stay with him if he doesn't work it out. What do those Hebrew boys say? My God is able to deliver us. We're not going to bow. Our God is able, but even if he doesn't. How many of y'all got that even if he doesn't faith? A whole lot of people don't have it. Don't tell no lie. Don't tell no lie. You got to have it even if he doesn't. I'm going to stay with him. Staying with God doesn't mean coming to church.